I do speak enough German to to fake to to fake to fake my way through French. Yes. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 212 of Video Games Hot Dog, the podcast about video games. How's it going, fellas? We're good. It's all right. What have you been up to, Kevin? Uh, I have been trying to find a venue for next month's Puzzled Pint. Having any luck? Uh, I think maybe. I don't know. I've, I contacted several bars uh, yesterday or last night and got one response today, but it was not a definite. Um, I got a blister on my toe walking around San Francisco walking into bars i don't know what happened oh, a man walks into a bar yeah <laughs> not, blister. not stub your toe so often mm. yeah was it a ton of fun going to a bunch of different bars and not drinking uh sure yeah it was great mm, i don't believe you uh i was You're- i wasn't staying at any one of them long enough to to uh imbibe anyway so you could have done a shot sure i was just looking to see how much time was left in augusterity and i looked at the clock and it said 7 47 p.m and i was like oh there's only 13 minutes left oh good in august <laughs> that's that is incorrect in so many ways so you can start drinking uh you can start drinking in the middle of this episode <clears throat> but Are i you- think our next episode is uh, next episode is out out of augusterity which is mm. cool so well, that, that's a good sign. Prepare for a pitcher of margaritas. Okay. Pour it into Kevin before that episode. What have you been up to, Riff? Uh, I've been teaching myself how to sew, kind of. Okay. I I uh, realized that what with having lived in the desert for ten years, I don't really have any autumn Hobbies. autumn <laughs> any autumn weight clothes. Like I've I've got like a heavy wool winter coat, but I don't have like a fall jacket. So I went to Goodwill and figured I'd get like a cheap uh, sport coat and put some pins and patches and shit on it and punk rock it up a little bit. But the jacket I got is, is it's a really nice one. It's got lots of pockets and it looks good. But the shoulders were like too wide and hugely padded and pointy and really weird looking. So I, I opened up the the inner seams and was exploring around in there and it was like, ah, I can, I can pull the stuffing out of this and, and re-sew these and it'll look great. And turns out if you don't actually know anything about tailoring, it's a lot more difficult than it sounds, <laughs> but you know, you could just it's, hold it's it back together with safety pins, right? Yeah, if you want to do safety pins, that would be the ultimate punk rock move. Yeah, it probably would not stand up under like the shoulder straps of a backpack. If I did that though, Okay, you could st- you could sew it uh, as best to your ability, and then add the safety pins just for That's, aesthetics. Yeah, just for aesthetics. That's probably probably the route I'm I'm gonna go. the the other The original thought that I also had was to just lean into the huge shoulders as as much as possible and get like really ostentatious gold braid epaulets to put on mm, them. Okay, It'd be like super fancy, but uh, I decided I decided to go the DIY route instead. Gold epaulets could have also been DIY. You could have like just made my gotten own. some cord and yeah. You could have made them out of lemon them. licorice. <laughs> sure, oh, a delicious alternative. And you'd have so many uh, bird friends. Yeah, I'd have snacks available at all times. I just have to turn turn my head over to the side and make yeah, like a shrugging gesture. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been up to, Zach? Just working. 
hanging out. Oh yeah. Same old thing. I also, uh, I also nearly <clears throat> ruined our kitchen or was that, was that before oh, I saw that picture? How did that last happen? week? <laughs> uh, so I make a uh, sort of cold, what is it? Cold filter coffee, cold brew cold coffee, press. cold brew. It's, there's no pressing involved. So it's, I think it's just cold brew coffee, uh, for, uh, my girlfriend. Uh, and I do it like an entire bag of coffee at a time. So you make this like concentrated coffee syrup, uh, and it, you grind up the whole bag of coffee and you like put it in a container with, um, like an open top container with, uh, some water and then you let it sit for about 12 hours and then you're supposed to drain it into a receptacle, um, through a filter. And I was in the process of setting up the, the thing on top of the receptacle and I don't exactly know what happened and the whole thing tipped over towards me and. Uh just like an entire bag's worth of coffee and coffee grounds just spilled out onto the counter and all over my pants and In water. the floor. Yeah, yeah. So liquid 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 concentrated coffee which stains stuff pretty bad and coffee grounds and everything. It was just a fucking nightmare. I did this at 1 a.m. Mm. right I was cuz I was just about to go to bed and I was I, I would have just left it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it took me about three hours to clean the whole thing up. It was it was sort of a shit show. Well, thanks for not ruining the kitchen. Yeah, no, kitchen's cleaner than it's been in a while. It smells good too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't even like coffee. I don't. I don't drink coffee. I don't. I don't have a preference one way or the other really about it. I think, you know, you just don't like caffeine. I, that's not even true either. I I kind of like caffeine. I just abstain from it. Do you miss it? I don't know. I used to drink a shit ton of soda and I liked that at the time. And I, I liked being able to stay awake longer, but like eventually it stops having that effect. Yeah. It just becomes your new sort of baseline. Uh, but I would, for several years, I used it like once, once a year to like stay awake for a couple of days in a row for the mystery hunt, but I've I don't stopped think doing that. That it actually did that. Oh, it definitely I don't think helps. caffeine actually does that. It definitely helped for me. I think you took up, you were drinking placebo do. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I secretly replaced all of your Mountain Dew with diet Mountain Dew. Oh no. The awake for two days was inside you all the time. Oh, and also I gave you some modafinil. <laughs> That's just a kind of flower, right? Yeah. I took too many modafinils, and now I'm pushing up daffodils. I wonder <laughs> if anybody's ever used that line in a song about being a ghost uh, <laughs> okay. after staying awake for too long. That's the situation described oh, in that can, lyric. Can ghosts sleep? If a ghost cannot sleep, then that would be some either irony or poetic justice. I'm not sure which. Or the, the, I mean, the drugs are just really effective. <laughs> You guys, I miss Jim. Yeah. <laughs> he always has the best anecdotes. He, he he ate too much modafinil and now he's dead. He's not really. He's just in Seattle. He yeah, what, ate too what's much going modafinil on and now he's in Seattle? <laughs> yep. He just kept walking. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to walk to my house uh, and I'm going to stop when I go to sleep. He times it perfectly. Yep. So he's always at home when he falls asleep. And since he took all that modafinil, he walked all the way to Seattle before falling asleep. Do you guys want to uh, read some listeners' mails? Sure. 
Oh, no, another Putz writes, In video games, what is the best food to represent health replenishment? Giant turkey leg? Hamburger? Something else? Mm, I think I'm partial to the entire roast yeah, the entire and potatoes roast and everything chicken. on a platter that falls out of a like a garbage can when you punch it. <laughs> not a not a chandelier or a candle. That's the, that too. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I would say either the the whole roast chicken or um, uh, uh, oh, I totally just blanked on what the other thing was in my mind. Hot Bo- dog, bottle of aspirin. <laughs> no. Wow, what was it? It was good too. What like? Why do we just assume that like food? Not assume, but like wh- why do we have this trope that food restores health? Right. I don't know where that did. Where I wonder what the first uh, game to do that, that was. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, in Pac-Man, it just gives you points. Yeah. Right. Pac-Man doesn't really have health. Correct. That's true. Health was a later concept. Some good silence, guys. Yeah, I'm trying to. Th- I'm just trying yeah, to think. Like to... Zelda had health, right? And Zelda, you just picked up hearts, picked hearts. to recover hearts. I mean, maybe you were eating the hearts of your fallen foes. Oh, I remember okay. what the other food was. It was the giant shank of meat on the on the bone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In uh, EVO, the search for Eden, that does not restore your health. I don't think, but in fact, in, yeah, instead it gives you in Zelda evolution either. points. Oh yeah, that just. Uh, what does it do? It makes Grumble Grumble Goria go away. Yeah, it, it, and uh, I think in other situations it just attracts monsters to it, maybe. Does it? I'm not sure. I don't know I'm if not it actually positive. does. That might be one of those old wives' tales. Because old new, wives, new like wives tales about Zelda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. That's that Randy Travis song, As Long As Old Men Sit and Talk About the Weather, As Long As Old Women Sit and Talk About the Legend of Zelda. <laughs> That's how long Randy Travis is going to love you. Guys, country songs from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, let's see. Troy says, Jodge has the original gold box. I mean, Jold box AD&D, James. I spent two hours playing Pool of Radiance. It was nostalgalistic. Did you play? You did, Kevin. You played the shit out of the gold box games, right? Uh, Pool of Radiance in particular, yeah. I went through that campaign two or three times. I found them just Boring. unbearably tedious. To play, yeah, I could, I can imagine that. The moving around the maze areas was so just samey all the time, and then the combat was just incredibly micromanagey and like not like a weirdly small amount of information was given to the player on the screen. I don't even remember how the how that went right because it was it was turn based. Yeah, it was like turn based, grid based sort of miniatures rules. I probably found some sort of exploity way to deal with shit you know knowing me and maybe i i might have edited my character stats or something so that the fights were really easy i feel like you had a lot more patience for that kind of thing as a kid than i did and i have more patience for it now than you do i don't know i, I played a lot of uh pillars of eternity or whatever no i guess that but that's real time i wonder if you did you time? did you get into well you can pause it but it's definitely like oh i think i was it's more real time strategy did you play any of uh, the new Shadowrun game? Not yet. Hmm. I'm excited too, though. I would just start with Dragonfall if I were you. Wow, I really? would not play the original campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. I hear the new Hong Kong one is really good. I've got. I'm about an hour into it. It seems it's more of the same. I have not, like it 
and Dragonfall, unlike the original one, give you some choices to make, but they are not... Do they have any impact on the story? Well, you just get a bunch of missions that you can kind of do in any order, it seems like. And maybe they are all side missions. Maybe none of them are side missions and you have to do all of them. It's It doesn't... It doesn't make it clear. Yeah. Huh. Um, it's got... It still has the thing that disappoints me a little bit, which is just not very much stuff to get. Like, there's not very much gear to buy. Like, you start out with a pistol, and then maybe you upgrade it once, and then maybe you upgrade it again. Which, I guess, is realistic. Like, you know, pistol guy doesn't, like, get a thousand different pistols over his career murdering security guards and stuff. But it's a video game, so... I feel like, yeah, in classic pen and paper Shadowrun, the only guy that was doing a lot of upgrading really was the decker and i guess right. maybe like the 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 various dudes that could cast magic would would maybe acquire new spells once in a while but yeah but pen and paper role playing games are less about that kind of sort of satisfying systemic making numbers get bigger than they are about like the storytelling and stuff and so it's cool to have the same gun all well, the time if you're, you want the story to get bigger yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly Shadowrun was was more storytelling than numbers getting bigger. I would say Dungeons & Dragons has always been very numbers getting bigger as you go from level to level. But Shadowrun... Yeah, and I guess that also sort of introduced the sword plus one, sword plus two, sword plus three. Yeah. What a boring... It seems so exciting when we were kids. Yeah. <laughs> I think you mean sword of the eagle, and then sword of the bigger eagle, and sword of the even bigger eagle. I mean, it did, it did set, I think, expectations for you potentially because like one was like cool but five was amazing (laughs) yeah it's pretty good also those were like to hit why is that that's not cool also to damage though was it yeah Yeah, i think it was to both yeah Uh, i thought it was just to hit in the original rules now there was a there in the oh maybe the very original ones but I, i remember in later editions they also had like the masterwork ones which were like plus one half where it was only plus one to hit and not plus one to damage. I'm sure oh, they was... apply these bonuses to both attack and damage rolls. I, not that I didn't believe you guys, I just thought maybe <laughs> there was some difference across uh, across editions. I don't know what edition I'm looking at. This is the D&D wiki, home of user-generated homebrew comma pages. Hmm. Homebrew the, comma uh, pages? Yeah, I don't know. It's the University of Ohio comma... Where they just put commas in where no comma should be. I don't know. Why the University of Ohio? What's my, like, yeah. why did I think of that? I'm trying to think, what's a bad school? Oh, the University of Ohio. I hope Cole didn't go to the University of Ohio. If so, I'm sorry, Cole. I'm sure your college was great. It's probably really bad. It's in Ohio. Harvard College, Yale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, gosh, have you guys been playing any video games? Um, I played a little bit more of Mother 3 earlier in the week. Um, other than that, pretty much all I've been playing is Pokemon. Which one? Uh, Fire Red, which was the third generation remake of the original Pokemon Red on uh, and Game Boy Advance. What, what differentiates the colors of Pokemon games? Well, each generation generally has... A pair? Yeah, it has a pair, like it was red-blue, and then gold and silver, and, and so on. And then, generally, I don't know if this has happened in every generation, but generally sometime later, 
there will they'll come out with a third one that sort of mixes the what whatever differences there were between the two color versions it just compresses it all into one huh. so like the, and, in the first generation huh. that was pokemon yellow they didn't I, they don't actually make it like purple or something no <laughs> that's that's interesting i guess they did they did pokemon yellow because that was the one where you got a pikachu following you around all the time because Pikachu had had become a sudden hit with all the children. I see. So maybe they would have done purple if not for that. Did did Pokemon start as uh, the video game, or was it a cartoon, or was there some sort of simultaneous it was thing? The video game first, and I think it I think it went video game, cartoon. And manga, I don't know. I don't know where the I, nobody I cares about the manga. Well, I mean, riff. it was a thing that existed, and and uh, and then the if it had come first. After, uh, wait, where were that. where were the pogs in all this? I don't know if they had Pokemon pogs. When yes, when sure they when was Pogamons? That was like eighty. No, pogs was like ninety five, ninety six. It, it was after Maybe? Magic. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Huh. I would. When not did have the Pokemon Hula Hoop come out? <laughs> I don't know, you'd have to ask a hula hoop expert. I'm not uh I'm not well you know, versed in for kids. <laughs> but anyway, the the reason being that I uh because of Ojimon, I became interested again in my old project that I did a year ago when uh Twitch plays Pokemon finished. I wrote like a a sort of like simplistic dice-based AI that you could use while playing a Pokemon game so that you didn't have direct control over the monsters anymore. And I just felt like going back and revising that and playing some of that again. Oh, so that was why you, you tweeted about the nail biter yeah. moments. Yeah. Okay. Cause for, for example, one of the, one of the things I added is typically your guy gets four different combat moves and sometimes when they level up if they want to learn a new one you have to pick which one of the old ones you're going to throw away but in that circumstance uh with this rule set you roll a die and half the time instead of being able to choose you have to roll again and whichever number comes up that's which move you discard to learn the new move and so i had a guy who had only one decent combat move on him and was forced to roll but luckily it came out all right are you writing about this or just i'm 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 not writing down the like the minutes of the adventure as it plays out but i'm keeping track of i have like a text pad document with the rules and as i'm playing through i'm finding all the little bits and exceptions and it's like, well, this doesn't work. I'll have to adjust this and revising the rules. And eventually once it seems stable enough, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll write up a nicely formatted PDF or something and shove it out on the internet for other people to mess with. So, so there are times when you do have agency, but it's, mm -hmm. it's not guaranteed or necessarily right. common or something. Like for example, the, the, the die roll that you use most often, which is the one just for combat, uh, when you when you want your guy to attack the other guy, you roll, and on a roll of one through four, you just use whichever 
move that is from one to four. And on a five, you can use an item or try to escape the combat or roll again. And on a six, you can do anything you want. So you can pick a specific move or use an item or try to escape. What are you trying to simulate here? Yeah. It is simulating the idea that the the idea that these monsters, these weird little violent belligerent creatures that you're training to to participate in licensed popular blood sports are not directly under your control the way like your party members in Final Fantasy VI are all under your direct control. Instead, you're a guy standing on the sidelines shouting at these monsters to use whatever move you want them to use, and they probably don't listen to you. Who are you in Final Fantasy VI? I guess you're everybody, right? You're whoever is in your party at the time. So, would you then, like, if you were... If you had that beast kid in your party... Would you treat him this way? <laughs> like, who's... Like, like, because this is simulating the autonomy of the individual Pokemon, right? Or or rather, right. their, their sort of, like, unwillingness to be controlled. Would you treat Final Fantasy VI party members that did not like the other members of the party as being the same? Like That might be an interesting experiment. Because I feel like you are represented by the trainer, right? But the trainer right. does not participate in the battle. There right. isn't like a general. There's not a. There's not a player character right. in, in, in a Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy VI. Game, yeah. Which is which is part of what I don't know, makes the fiction of it work for Pokemon in a way that it probably doesn't really for a Final Fantasy. I guess you could simulate like being a really bad general. Like by playing StarCraft, just like with your eyes closed. <laughs> by sound, yeah. Just randomly issuing orders and, you know. I guess you were a general in the Suikoden games, so maybe that could work. That had And that had like all 108 different characters or whatever. What kind of game is Suikoden? It's a JRPG. But with 108 yeah, party the, members? Yeah, the... In some of them, I don't know if it was true in all of them, but in some of them, you had to actually find and recruit all 108 guys to get the best ending. But it also had um, like a strategy mini game that appeared every now and then. It's been so long since I played, and the only one I played was the third one, so I don't really remember how the strategy portions of the game worked. But it was primarily a JRPG. Do you think it would be a good video game? All right, it's a JRPG where everybody has one hit point and their attacks do one damage. That's your party members. And the only enemy is a goblin that has one hit point and does one damage. And you start out with one person on your side fighting one goblin. And then as you level up, you get more people on your side. And as you go in deeper into the game, you get more goblins huh. on the other side until you've got like a thousand guys on your side and a thousand goblins and you're just hitting like attack attack attack, 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 attack. <laughs> do you uh, do uh, do all these different guys have their own randomly generated names and you have to scroll down the list to issue each one in order individually yeah and initiative becomes really really important <laughs> in this game right that's sort of the problem yeah, with uh, yeah. do you guys how did initiative work in Paper Mario? Oh, it was initiative was whether you got did, surprised by the enemy yeah, out yeah, on the map. Yeah. Hmm. 
that's something that we've learned is very important. Who gets to go first right. in a short <laughs> round? In a short round? Yeah, in a short round. Who gets to go first? Because <laughs> there's no time for love. So somebody has to go first right now. Dr. Jones. Just Dr. Pokemons. Jones. Yeah, that's just, pretty much it. That's all I can Just think of. Pokemons. Have you continued to play the guides at all? No, not really. I got stuck on, on one puzzle. and I mean, Was it in chapter one? Yeah. Did we talk about this? I don't know we that we haven't, did. We haven't, no. Describe this game. It is... Um, it's two different apps yeah, for iOS. It's... it's uh, it's a thing where you you're given one at a time like codes and puzzles and you have to solve it and then it gives you the next one. It's it's like those what was the um planetarium not, yeah, planetarium was more wide open. I'm think wasn't there one called like not prawn or something yeah, like that? Yeah. I wish that there was a name for that kind of thing. There's a bunch of them, right? There, there were are. a lot of them. Would just like it presents you with a puzzle, and your salute and the, your reward for solving the puzzle is the next puzzle. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, it's like that. It's got some neat features. Like there's a the thing that you use to type to type your answers into. It pops up that keyboard. It's got a function on it for uh, to, for automatic translation of codes. Yeah, and it, it starts out with like it gives you a binary solver. Uh, just because to to you know so the first binary puzzle you come up with, and then eventually a another type of code appears which I won't spoil. But when you figure out what that is, it just adds a solver for that type of code into your keyboard thing, so you don't have to do it manually anymore. It's I got to clever. I got to a puzzle in that second set second code set and translated it, and it doesn't make any sense huh maybe you translated it incorrectly i don't think so did it are you are you and you're stuck there it won't let you on to the next thing correct i I have not yet figured out what to what to enter in to move on to the next section i got stuck on one that seems to have a very limited set of possible answers but none of them have worked for me so i don't i don't know what i'm missing Hmm. i played it for like five minutes and i got to the seventh or eighth puzzle and uh then put it away it seems neat, though. I find the UI very confusing. It is. Yeah. There are empty spaces that look exactly like text entry fields, and okay. that is kind of annoying. Like, I could not figure out for a long time. I accidentally got into the translator mode and did not realize mm-hmm. where I had to click to submit an answer. Hmm. Um, I see. But, you know, I think I've got a handle on it now. I think I'm going to go back and probably figure out how to solve that constellation puzzle. Okay. Um, that was where I got to. Didn't immediately make any sense. It was a, some sort of relationship between numbers and letters. Yep. I'm sure I'll figure it out. Kevin, you've been continuing to post your Twitter word puzzles. I have. They're pretty good. People like them. They're You're getting a lot of engagement right. with your personal brand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I played I played some more uh, Pack 256. Yeah. What do you think of that? I'm continuing to enjoy it in little fits and starts like i i like pac-man well enough and it's a game where you there is some strategy to it depending on what you're trying to do uh do you tend to hang back so it's like a basically an endless Mm pac-man where there is a wall of kill screen sliding up behind you eating the levels yeah which is awesome yep like that conceit is so great yeah it's pretty cool 
it reminds me of one of my favorite things in a video game, which is a level of Tron 2.0 where someone on the outside of the computer has initiated like a format of the drive oh, that you're on. And so there is just this giant red wall just eating everything, but it's going really slow because you're, everything's moving really fast for you because you're inside the computer. Right. So you're, you're just like the level just disappears. And there are things that it's like, if you don't get over to this part fast, you just miss this optional power up. Oh, wow. We've got to figure out if you can play. I think Tron 2.0 is on Steam now. For a long time. Wow, really? You couldn't. But I don't don't think there is yet a version that runs on Modern Max. Yeah. Hmm. Modern Max would be a good name for an NPC. (laughs) That would. Um, It is so good. And I want an excuse to, like, actually have to play through it again. But the problem is it's a little long, I think, for current. Actual assignment. Yeah, kind of actual but assignment. I mean, we could do it over a couple weeks. We've, I mean, we have we have played longer games before. Yeah, we just don't always have the the time. We don't always all have the time to dedicate to a thing. That is true. But I feel like that is like a twenty or thirty hour game. Uh, to answer your question about Pack Two Fifty Six, I depends on what I am trying to do. Every now and then, I'm like, I'm going to go for one of the two hundred fifty six uh, power pellet chains or whatever. And so in those cases, I will often hang back. Um, oh, like pill, 256 dots? Dots. Like yeah. without ever missing yeah. a dot. That's weird because there are parts of the maze that just don't have dots in them. Yeah, so you have to plan. There is a continuous. There, I, feel, I think there is always a continuous path, but there are, there are lots of ways that you can get screwed uh, out of that. Um, that the, I mean, that would be sort of tricky even if there weren't ghosts. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Because you, you can't always see the whole level. You, sometimes you have to make a a move of faith that there will be a continuous chain where you're It's neat how many different things there are to do in it. There's always always a little mission for you to do that collect a certain number of power-ups or kill a certain number of ghosts or... Or watch this ad for Game of War Fire (laughs) Age. Sure. Um, I've not yet seen any opportunity to just buy the game. I guess when you run out of credits, it offers you unlimited credits for like six bucks or something. Yeah. Is what I've been told. So that lets you just play it indefinitely. Although you still have to, I think you still have to collect coins to level up your. Yeah, but that's power. That's fine. I mean, that's, and I guess it doesn't, there's timers when you're leveling up a power up. It's like, ah, you can't use this power up for four hours or whatever, which that seems. I don't understand that to me. Like what is the, what is the benefit there? I mean, it's like, we're, we're going to figure out which of these things you like the most. Like, we're going to see which one you decide to spend your resources improving because you like it, and then we're just never going to let you use it. <laughs> that seems kind of... The timers are not that long, though. It's like half an hour or an hour. Well, but it is effectively long enough that it is until the next time you play that is true. the game, which is probably the next day. Okay. Right? I mean, I'm not, like... There's but never they, you, a point like, where I'm going to sit and wait for a clock to click sure, down. But it doesn't, uh, how do I put this? You, you don't level those powers up very often after level three, two or three, because they cost so much. Yeah. So I don't know that it's that big a deal, but it also, I think they want to force you to try the other power ups. Yeah, I guess that's true. I do like that there's just that free play mode with no power-ups, where it's just the game. They just trust that, all right, we'll give people the ability to just play the base game on its merits. The power-ups are, like, often strictly worse than a power pill. I feel like laser is better, and 
Really? Tornado is is orthogonal and interesting. I've not used tornado. Uh, and I unlocked the, like, it, but have not encountered it yet. There, if you're going for points, the still the the like ice spike one is kind of interesting. What does it do? It freezes everything around you, and then also places these sort of stalagmites around. And if you collect them, you get a bunch of points. Um, but they don't last very long. Um, I have not yet gotten all the power-ups, so I'm curious what the last couple do. There's one that sort of spreads a bunch of fire everywhere, which is neat. There's a bunch that, that like, I think the one that is you get big and eat guys is just strictly worse than a power pill. Because you don't know when it, it's, like, harder to know when it's running out. Because, like, the, the power pill turns them into ghosts, they actually run away from you, and they, um, flash when they're about to right. turn up, turn back. The, um... The power-ups, when you are, when you have a power-up active, all of the other power-ups turn into, like, time extenders yeah. for that, that seem basically useless. They're very, like, they're very minimal. The time, ex- like, it never seems like it's worth going any amount of distance out of your way to get one of those, because by the time you get back to where you were, its effects will have worn off. Yep. Which, that's weird. It might be a percentage, so it might, as you level up your skills maybe that becomes more and more potent mm, okay but i don't know if that's true i mean so far this game seems to be free from super free to play garbagey garbage yeah which is nice i mean it's just like a thing that i've just picked up and played i and that's the thing i enjoy playing it for five or ten minutes at a time and put it down and then i don't think about it for a day and that's great like i feel like that's a great sort of very casual way to engage with a sort of fun system I've been getting mad that you and Tom Francis are so much better at domino drop than I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious. I'd be interested to watch you play a game of it at some point to see what you do oh, differently huh. than I do. Because I feel like I've reached the limits of my agency. Maybe I should hire a new agency. I mean, some of it I felt like was, was luck. Yeah, but... But I definitely would plan try to plan ahead. Sure. Uh, the the one where you don't get to see what's coming next, I don't like at all. The pro version of it. So, yeah, it seems like that game doesn't need to be any harder, right? Than the base version of itself. I put, speaking of Tom Francis, I he tweeted about a game called Red Amazon, which hmm. was available on. It was just a free game on Itch.io, I think, and it is like a f- very very minimal, very moody artsy first person shooter where you're just kind of in a house in a big kind of open wilderness area. And there's kind of an encounter and there's more, there's some things you can pick up, but I haven't found any way in which they do anything or any like, like I don't know how much there is there, but I enjoyed the like 20 minutes that I spent with it. It was, it was atmospheric. It's very, very minimal. Like, low poly just flat shaded things not not like the garbagey ps1 era like that but also really low res Hmm. um you know just seemed like a fairly straightforward unity game did you play any of the ludum dare entries i played a little bit of that jetpack 
Slime game? Slime game, yeah. That What was that called? I don't remember. Was this made by the people that made Subterrarium? Don't think so. I don't know. For whatever reason, I believed that it was, but it doesn't necessarily make any sense. It, um, it's possible. That would just be a huge coincidence, I feel like, though. It's just a simple but very, very difficult shooter where all of the movement that movement and shooting are the same thing. Like yeah. you, it's like a twin stick except with only one stick. So by shooting down, you gain some lift and by shooting left, you blast yourself to the right. And by shooting right, you blast yourself to the left. Yeah. And oh, it's so hard. That, yep. that and almost he, sounds like the old, uh, crystal quest game where it was like a twin it was like a geometry wars except you you only ever fired in the direction you were traveling but but sort of the opposite of that yeah yeah this game is very very difficult it was really satisfying to spend like 20 minutes with it and see myself get better at it as i sort of internalized the the controls that were also the shooting uh, yeah it's nice when you get a like sort of not necessarily a high skill ceiling, but like a, a skill curve that you can jump into the middle of and watch yourself move along. Yeah. That that you, that that ramps up quickly. Like a, a, uh, boy, what's the, how to describe that? You know what I'm saying though, right? I mean, it's not like, you know, you can just always keep getting better at Dota or whatever, but like a thing where, you can it, watch your own progress. Like the telegraph, like uh, What Hath God Wrought, the yeah. telegraph game that Mike Laser Walker made. It was like that. It was like, wow, I am so much better at tapping out Morse code on a telegraph than I was three minutes ago. Right. That was really satisfying. Um, yeah. No, that, that, yeah. I played a game by Ink Repair in oh. his thing that he made that's like twine but ms paint okay have you seen that yeah i've I've messed with that a little bit engine yeah and it was just a little it was just a little narrative thing but that seems like a cool he's also he made that like pinball physics engine thing right like it was like a pinball construction set that you could just draw stuff i feel like that was the same basically the same ui as this thing Uh i don't don't remember what that was called Anyway, that's that's it was you know it was neat. It was just a little a little story about I don't know some emotional event. I don't remember much of it. Somebody else's emotions. I don't care. <laughs> that was more or less it. I don't remember what happens on this show. Do we talk about the assignment now? Sure. Subterrarium. Yeah. This is a really good game. Where did yeah, you find this? I don't remember. Were you just sort of browsing itch.io? I wasn't. I like I'm in I I'm pretty sure it was in one of the slacks that I'm in but I don't know which one. <laughs> it is like a sort of procedurally generated cross between Boulder Dash and mm-hmm. Starseed Pilgrim. <laughs> and yes. Bump. Yeah, kind of. It's weirdly like Bump cuz you can jump and you're in the you're stuck in It's the like air. turn-based yeah. but with gravity. Yep. Yeah. I It's hard. Every single yeah, I only ever made it to like level three yeah, once. Same here. Every every game ended because I would unknowingly get Do- the whole level about to collapse yeah. on top of me. I still can't really tell from looking at a thing which spots are safe. 
to dig in. I get it, but it takes so long for me to actually like look Work over out the, the, chain. the thing. Yeah, that I I eventually got better about that, but then the problem I started running into was was reaching the exit. Yeah, I was reaching the exit because I mined yep. out the wrong spaces and was no longer had any way to progress. Because you need like six juice to get to the exit from the f- the total the ground floor yeah or, yeah and it's interesting that the the vine vines in the right place yeah. yeah yeah they have to be in one of the three center rows for like so you basically like are collecting th- seeds that give you money to buy soda which is in other squares and then you can use the soda to either gain extra jump height by consuming it or sprout one of the seeds and they all do different yeah. things to their surrounding environment so there's that there's the vine which just sort of hit go, goes up creates to- a ladder yeah. up above you there is a bomb which destroys three oh, by the three big, the big daisy do you mean no, no there's, there's also a bomb bombs. Oh, I never uh, saw that, one. that does that just do what the daisy does but later well, no, because the daisy persists and you can climb up the daisy. Oh, I didn't know that. I've only ever, I only ever did the daisy as a desperation move to prevent death. And so I always died the next turn. The daisy does not prevent things it from falling. It doesn't protect you. There's yeah. like there's mushrooms that you can plant that then put a mushroom somewhere. Well, I do not understand the rules. It's like two to either side of the thing, but they have to be open air sp- spots. Oh. And then those just stay there and you can use them both to climb on and they also stop things from falling i had the game just lock up on me once oh that yeah i had that happen as well um it's really good though yeah i was was surprised i was really surprised at the strategy yeah like very clever game yeah uh i i'm curious whether every level is winnable yeah i was wondering that too like i don't know if that is a thing that is checked for or if it's easy that kind of thing would be easy to check for or if that's how the game is eventually supposed to end <laughs> well it, you know it costs more and more to get through each door right so eventually it, the doors cost more than there are resources to actually go through them right but yeah i mean i guess you wonder like how much did they bother checking winability right i mean it'd be fairly easy to just write not fairly easy, but it would be fairly possible to just write a bot to just for a given configuration, like, hey, figure out a way to win this. But right. try everything. See if any of them are win. And if yes, then it's cool. So you can use that as a seed for a level. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, thank you for finding this. Sure. I, like, I feel like if I left a shortcut to this on my desktop, I would continue to play it for a while. I guess I forgot that I played a shitload of Hearthstone too. Oh, right. Cause the, never, uh, the expansion came out or whatever. I never really feel like talking about Hearthstone because it's just this kind of constant, you know, like I didn't talk about Spelunky on every episode for the well, year and a half that I was playing Spelunky every but day. Hearthstone has new content, which has new mechanics and ideas and like combinations of things. I feel like there's, there's more to mine there as sort of a design analysis potentially. Yeah. I don't really have any thoughts on the new stuff. You made a new kind of Magic the Gathering deck. Oh, and that's true. I didn't uh, get a chance to play with it, though. I, ma- I made a commander deck, but not really because I didn't have any... I don't own enough cards to make an actual commander deck with any of the legendary creatures that I have. So I just made a commander 
deck out of a regular multicolored creature, which is not, that's not allowed. Oh, huh. But, I mean, I think that... What is a commander deck? It is this format where uh, you have 40 life instead of 20. Um, You build a deck around a legendary creature. Your deck is 100 cards that can be any color that is in the legendary creature's casting cost. I'm sure people are getting angry at me for all of the things that I'm getting wrong about this. So, like, let's say you have a legend that is, like, a white... Costs, like, one white, one blue, and two colorless. You can then make a deck out of white, blue, and colorless cards. I think you can always do colorless, even if they don't have any colorless in their in their cost. So, it's a deck of 100 cards with no dupes. So, only basic lands can you have more than one of. The commander is always available to cast... Um, when he gets killed, he goes back to the, like, staging area and costs an additional two colorless mana. So, like, you can just... You can bring him out as soon as you can afford him, and then you can always bring him back after he gets killed. And then there's some rules about attacking that I don't fully understand, having never actually played it, where you can attack either the player or their commander. Hmm. Um, But there's, like... There's just a lot of cards that are really powerful in that format, like... There's a lot of, I tried to figure out, like, I was like basically trying to search for like, what is a like basic guideline of like, how much land should you have? How many creatures should you have? How many spells should you have? Whatever. Not that it mattered because I barely had enough cards to do it with a two color deck, but all I found was just forum threads devolving into people calling each other idiots and disagreeing (laughs) about every like every number like every number was uh, to hear 12 to hear any person (laughs) talk an order of magnitude off in one direction or another relative to what a fucking person who actually played magic would do fucking scrubs man it was like it was difficult to find it is difficult to find good beginner info about magic on the internet there's 20 years worth of you know really well indexed detritus sure a lot of posturing about stuff a lot of like things that are written clearly to be consumed by people who are already experts like i was like beginner like robo rosewater <laughs> beginner commander strategy whatever and the first like four or five things were like I'm going to assume you know the basics of how the format works so it like okay what that was a bad result Google you're fired <laughs> oh I can't fire you you own me <laughs> yeah um, what you're going to use Bing <laughs> anyway what's our next assignment guys uh, uh, you, you, you tell us. You've played it. Oh, right. Uh, it's Royals by Asher Volmer. Uh, I believe it's an itch.io. It's a very simple game. It's by Asher Volmer, right? It is. Okay. As of as of the an hour or two before the recording of this podcast, itch.io's downloading system was down. So I don't know. So now it's just a loading system. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but hopefully that situation will not persist. It's a little lo-fi strategy game about being a hopeful peasant. <laughs> you can you can buy it for free if you don't want to give him any money. Give him a fucking dollar. <laughs> he made threes and then didn't get rich, even though it's awesome. I didn't know and it was sh- the same guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Next, Asher Vollmer and Greg Wolwind made threes. His next game is kind of neat. Is it fours? Close Castles. Close. I feel like... Have we played that at... I don't know. At... Was it at XOXO last year? It might have been. It's a, like up to a four-player game. I remember meeting him at XOXO last year after having a thousand drinks. <laughs> might have been at IndieCade. <laughs> You walked all the way from I might Portland have, yeah. to LA. Yeah, I might have just hitchhiked the course of one night. Um, well, gosh, guys, uh, these shows are always so short when Jim isn't here. That's true. He's the he's the meat in our podcast sandwich. He's the uh, he's the glue that he's the glue that slows Holds down our, our podcast sandwich together. <laughs> uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be at a couple of. Uh, cons coming up. Yeah, there's like, man, I've got like three conventions almost right in a row. What are got, they? We got XOXO, XOXO, and then KOL Con, and then uh, uh, Portland Retro Game Expo is a couple weeks after that. Oh right, the old purge. <laughs> yep, it's gonna be good. Two of those are in Portland. Yep. One is in Phoenix. Yeah, everybody come the to KOL Con. <laughs> <laughs> don't really come to KOLCon. Well, but it's not like that's worse for us than it is for you. Like yeah. <laughs> if we wanted to go to PRGE, then that's a much more of a hassle. Um, well, anyway, guys, I've had a good time recording this very short episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I, I hope we'll do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And until you do, keep your shoulder in the couch and keep looking at the stove. See you later. Have a great week, everybody. I need to update the, these. I need to add some more things. Yeah, I think that'd yeah, be a good some idea. More objects. You could you could retire some. Too. Yeah, that's I think the thing to do. Yeah, is to add some, retire some. Yep. Take a penny, leave a penny. Yep. <laughs> Take a verb, leave a verb. Take a uh, preposition, add a preposition. Okay. We could just do it such that anything that is said is something that Polly Shore has already been recorded saying.